Hey everyone, welcome to the This Week in SEC Sports Podcast. I'm your host, the voice of the Saints, Brandon Karam, SEC Class of 2020. It's Monday, April 1st, 2019, and this is the first podcast that I'm recording in about a month. Once again, I apologize for such a long break in action here, but not a lot of sports going on in between, or not there, there is no sports going on in between the winter and spring sports seasons. And I was not able to do the interview with the bowling team. But it's spring sports season. It's time for baseball, softball, track and field. Uh, I say we get right into it. We got a lot of things to cover today. So let's first start off with the baseball team. So coming off of a 20-3 and record in 2018, 20-3 record in 2017. In 2018, make, they made the sectional semifinals lost to Albany Academy. 2017 made the sectional final lost to Albany Academy. Now, I believe just looking at this team right now, Monday, April 1st, 2019, this team is the favorite to win the sectional title. And I'll tell you why. They're, the players that this team lost from last year to this year aren't as significant as you as some other teams. You look at some of the other front runners for Section 2 Class B, like Albany Academy. Now, here's the thing with Albany Academy. For those of you who don't know, Section 2 in the New York State Public High School Athletic Association implemented a rule a few years ago where if you make a sectional final two years in a row, you have to move up a class. So Albany Academy... Made the sectional final last year, and as I just said, they made it in 2017. So, they have to move up in class to, they will be class A now. So, we still set, or Spot Catholic still stays as a class B school. But you look at some, like, some of the other teams that we have to contend with. So, no more Albany Academy, the team that's knocked us out two years in a row. Ichabod Crane had one phenomenal pitcher. He was a senior, and I believe about half of their starting lineup were seniors. You look at the players that we lost from last year. Caden Lurch, Jake Hart, and those were two really good hitters, right? Those two guys were solid, top-of-the-lineup hitters. But you look at their replacements, who we're going to get to in a while, or in a little bit, but... Caden Lurch and Jay Carr, you look at their stats from last season. So right here, Jake Hart hit 303 last year, had a couple clutch um, hits. He was probably one of the most clutch players in program history from what I can remember. So hits 303 on base percentage of 425. So a really solid player to have in the middle of your lineup. And then Caden Lurch. Hits 361 on base percentage of 449. Kid could really hit the ball. He's a pure hitter. So sure, the team's going to miss those two. But you look at their replacements from this year and what some of the other guys who are going to improve immensely. Someone like, I don't know, I think someone who's due for for improvement is Kay Nawad. Uh, Starting third baseman, I really think that he's going to make a jump up 
from what he was at last year. He had 317 last year, 469 on base percentage. I think he could be up towards the 370s, 380s range for average. Really good hitter. But before I get too ahead of myself, let me give you a rundown of the team's first couple of games and their starting pitchers, for, or at least what I expect the starting pitchers to be for those games. And then I'll go through what I believe the starting lineup will be. So tomorrow, which is Tuesday, April 2nd, the boys open up their season. It'll be at Hoosick Falls, but or it'll be they're going to be playing Hoosick Falls in Lansingburg. So they open up league play tomorrow. And I believe that they're going to give Ryan McCarroll the ball to start that game. And you'll see why. He's not the best pitcher on the team, but it'll make sense. Just one second. So Wednesday, so tomorrow's Tuesday. Then Wednesday, they play. the boys play at Mechanicville. That is where I believe Terrell Tillman will get the start. So Ryan McCarroll is your opening day starter Tuesday. Wednesday, I believe it will be Terrell Tillman because Mechanicville is a tougher team in the Wasserman League. Hoosick Falls, not so much. They were towards the bottom of the league last year. So that's why I think you can give young kid like Ryan some a great start there. He's probably considered our number three pitcher, to be honest with you. Because you have Terrell as our number one, our ace. I mean, and uh, enough has been said about him. We're going to be covering him a lot this year, obviously, for the podcast. But, I mean, enough has been said about him. Can throw close to 90 miles an hour, two-time... Uh, all-state player just or I believe it was two or three times he's made the all-state team just an insane player generational talent really and then Dylan Custer our number two pitcher got a really good curveball throws uh, high 70s mid 80s really good pitcher he's a solid number two he'd be a really good number one pitcher on a lot of teams in section two so we're really lucky to have him as our number two pitcher and probably our best pure hitter, but I'll get to that. Then Ryan McCarroll's our number three pitcher. He only saw a couple games of action on varsity last year because he was pitching on JV a lot. And in the two games that he pitched for varsity, he pitched one against Cambridge at Cambridge and threw, I believe, a, uh, he pitched six innings, uh, struck out 10, I want to say, and a shutout. And then he comes in during a sectional game versus Schuylerville and pitches a clean inning. So I believe our pitching staff is going to look very, very good this year. But anyway, so the boys play Tuesday and Wednesday. And that's how they open up this week. So what you're going to have is Ryan McCarroll, I believe, starting Tuesday versus Hoosick Falls. Terrell Tillman, Wednesday. And then Dylan Custer could make a relief appearance in there. Maybe Dante Marin could get the ball a little bit. Andrew McPherson, Caden Awad. There's a lot of guys on this team that can pitch. But let's go through what I believe the starting lineup will be, and then we'll get to softball. And I'll talk a little bit about each player. So at pitcher, we'll just assume that Terrell Tillman's pitching. So this is when Terrell is pitching. So at pitcher is Terrell Tillman. already talked about him. Catching, Nick Winslow. Coming in to this is his, let's see, he played in 8th, ninth, 10th, this will be his 4th year on varsity, okay? Last year, Nick had a phenomenal season. Hit 429, on-base percentage of 522. 
He had tw- uh, 12 doubles, which is close to a school record, I believe. And this kid lives and breathes baseball. He's all about baseball. He is a phenomenal hitter. On his travel team, he's been hitting doubles and triples all over the place. In the, in the scrimmages that we've had, he's been crushing the ball. Look for him to have an absolutely phenomenal season. I think he could have a record-breaking season when it comes to extra base hits and RBIs, especially if he's hitting in the two or three hole. He's going to be really, really tough to um, get out this year in the Wasserman League. So at first base will be Ryan McCarroll. At least this is what I think. Ryan already talked about his pitching ability, but he does hit the ball pretty well. Um, he, he can hit line drives. I, he'll obviously be towards the bottom of the lineup, and that's not even a bad thing. Our, the lineup this year is so good top to bottom that you could put it in any order, really, and you get the same results. So Ryan McCarroll, first base. Second base, I can see Jordan Catone fitting in there. Uh, Jordan, now, he draws a lot of walks. It may be because of his height, but I don't think so. He's got a very good plate discipline, um, really has a knack for the game. I think, and, and not only that, he's really, really good in the field. So I think Jordan Catone will have a really, I wouldn't say really good season, but a solid season. I could see him comparing to something like Kate Nawa did last year, somewhere around 310, 320 batting average. Shortstop, this is where Dylan Custer is. Dylan Custer was an all-league player last year, probably our best pure hitter. Um, his um, He hit 450 last year. Yes, I know that's insane. He led the team in average, um, on-base percentage of 516. But to have 36 hits, 15 RBIs, uh, it, it, he's really, uh, we're very lucky to have Dylan because he is one of the best players on the team. But behind Terrell and you know you could even put him as a hitter he could be the best hitter on the team just pure hitter um yeah and enough enough said about Dylan he's just an insane player um really fun to watch he steals bases at 12 steals last year he's gonna be fun to watch this year third base is Caden Awad we already talked about him he had 20 hits last year 16 RBIs I think he's going to have a big year, especially in the field, too. He made seven errors last year, but third base is such a tough position to play, especially in high school. I think he's going to really improve this year. Now we move on to the outfield. Left field, this is where I see Aiden Corey fitting in. Aiden Corey played on the outfield all through JV last year, especially in center field. But when you have who we have in center field, who who I'm going to get to next, um, it makes sense why he's playing in left. Aiden Corey is very, very athletic, can cover a lot of range. I think he's going to be, you're going to see a lot of balls in the outfield that you don't think will be caught caught by Aiden. Um, Hitting-wise, solid hitter. Once again, he'll probably be in maybe the 7 or 8 slot in the lineup. But then, And once again, that's not even a bad thing because there's just so much talent in this lineup. Center field, this is where Dante Marin will be. This will be his third varsity season. And he's really one of the best fielders I've seen play. He covers so much ground so quickly. And to add on to that, he's also a really good hitter. Hit 
444 last year, 442 on base percentage, 22 hits. Um, and he stole six bases, which is pretty low for him. Look for him to steal 10-plus bases this year just because of his pure speed. I know that, that they've been working with him. I think he's going to be another impact player right there in the middle of the lineup. I can see him hitting fifth or maybe even in the leadoff spot. That spot's still up in the air. But um, if I had to guess who was going to be hitting leadoff, I'd guess either Dante, Dylan Custer, or the next person I'm going to talk about, Ross Garrow in right field. Ross in the outfield, okay, probably has... So last year, excuse me, he played left field because we had Jake Hart in right field with such a strong arm. And I talked to Coach Lambert about this, saying, well, why won't you just put Aiden Corey in right field? He told me that, or yeah, so how come you won't just keep Aiden Corey in right field and just keep Ross in left? Because Ross, during the offseason, has worked extensively on getting his arms stronger. So now, right field is the spot where you're going to want to put your best arm. And he really is a good outfielder. I remember one play specifically, uh, it was, I believe, against Huzik Valley. There was a ball hit way over his head, and he was able to track it down way into foul territory. Most players would have just gave up on the play, but Ross was able to cover a lot of ground really quick and was able to make the play. So I expect the outfield this year to have very, very limited errors and to be one of the best parts of our defense, honestly. So that wraps up the team. Offensive-wise, think we're going to be on par with what we did last year. Defensive-wise, I think we're going to be even stronger. But now, it comes to where I have to sit here and try and figure out what our record's going to be. Now, I hate to predict the record, but I want to at least get myself on record saying what I think we're going to do. I think we're going to win the Wasserman League. And... All I'm going to say is, right now I think we're the favorites for the sectional title. That's as far as I'm going to go. But yeah, so let's go to softball now. So the softball team made it to the Wasserman League championship game last year and did get beat. But they return a lot of talent. And I think that they're going to have another strong season. So you, so you look at the softball team. And... They won their division in the Wasserman League last year. And there's just some players on this team that are going to be huge impact-wise. Someone like Molly O'Reilly, a pitcher. Last year, let me pull up her stats here. Pitching last year, she pitched 35 innings and had a 1.57 ERA. And in those 35 innings, she struck out 51 batters. She is going to be, I believe, a college softball pitcher. She has everything that she, she has all the tools that a college softball pitcher has. And I can really see her pitching in college. So she's the ace for the softball team. And you really only need one or two pitchers. For softball, because there's so much less stress on the arm. That's why for baseball, you need a lot more pitchers. But for softball, 
you only need one or two pitchers really to last your to last you your whole season. Last year we only used two. The year before that we only used two. The year before that we only used two. So I, so I think you get the point. But when you look at so that's pitching aside. I think pitching we're going to be phenomenal because of Molly. But then you look at batting. So you're losing a huge piece in the lineup in Cassidy Hayner, who hit an astounding 550 last year with a 710 on base percentage, which is just absolutely absurd. But here's who you are returning. You're returning. Molly O'Reilly, okay? Julia Murdick, the person who led the team in hits last year, hit 458 with a 508 on base percentage, all league shortstop. Molly O'Reilly, like I just said, she had 19 hits last year, four home runs, 21 RBIs, 404 batting average, 491 on base percentage. You're returning Emmy Murray, who had a 373 on base percentage last year and hit 280 at the plate. So there's a lot of talent coming back in the lineup and especially pitching wise. I can see the softball team repeating their successes last year and winning the bat and kill division of the Wasserman League once again and getting a shot to play in the Wasserman League title game. Now also, you have to think about sectionals for softball. I can see our girls, I think we're a very tough out in sectionals, especially if you have Molly O'Reilly on the mound. I don't think that there's a team who could come in and you could be 100% confident that they're going to beat us. Just because of how good our lineup, I believe, is going to be this year. And because of how good Molly is. So that's about it for softball and baseball. Next week, we'll recap this week's softball and baseball games. And we'll talk a little bit about the track and field team. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brandon Karam. Thank you for listening to the This Week in SEC Sports podcast. I'll see you next week.